preacher. Oh, I'm sorry. We're going to tell them some more about you, Joe. <laughs> well, as you can see in your bulletin, our guest preacher is a native of Wilmington, and I quickly add North Carolina, <laughs> with deep roots in eastern North Carolina. Joe did both his undergraduate and his seminary studies at Duke University. Um, since 1990, he served four churches. For the last decade, he served as pastor of First Presbyterian Church of Smithfield, our neighbor down the road. He's a long-time friend of this congregation. I've told a number of you that, you know, there's some people you get to know, and the more you know about them, the more you have to forgive. But Joe is, <laughs> Joe is one of those people that the more you get to know, the more you find there is to like and appreciate. I appreciate your being here today and look forward to the message you bring to us. And on that note, let us pray. <laughs> Almighty and merciful God, you are the creator of all things, of the heavens and earth and the seas and all that dwell therein. Today, as we approach your word, your throne of grace, we pray that you would break open our hearts of stone Heal our deafness. Give us sight where we have become blind. Show us light where there is darkness. As we encounter this word, we come to acknowledge and confess the word made flesh in your son, Jesus Christ. And as we listen and as we proclaim and share in its glory, I ask that your servant would be reduced that the word may increase among us all. Amen. Clearly, I did not move fast enough to preempt the introduction, but Paul, thank you for your very <laughs> gracious words. <laughs> and I thank you as we come together today, um, I certainly bring the greetings of people in First Presbyterian Church in Smithfield, some of whom are here with us today. And uh, it is a great privilege and honor, and I'm humbled by this invitation. Let us share in God's word today, and we've got a couple of changes from what is in the bulletin. Um, we, the psalm is actually the 25th psalm, and I ask you to join me in listening for God's word. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. I do not let me put, be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exult over me. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. And teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I will wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love. For they have been from of old. 
Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, and therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decrees. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who are they that fear the Lord? He will teach them that the way that they should choose. They will abide in prosperity, and their children shall possess the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Relieve the troubles of my heart and bring me out of my distress. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. Consider how many are my foes and with what violent hatred they hate me. O oh, guard my life and deliver me. Do not let me be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all its troubles. And Paul writes to the church in Philippi. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation for my love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself. Taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. October 1st, it is the beginning of fall. It is the beginning of good season, and Paul, I commend your planning committee, the weather is perfect today. <laughs> Thank, and thanks be to God. This is a time of homecomings. 
Um, it is a great honor to participate on this centennial homecoming, for it is personally a homecoming for me as well, and I'll talk about that a little bit later as we share in the message today. But along with Oak Grove, First Presbyterian Church in Smithfield is celebrating its 125th, and one of the key celebrations of our tradition is the 500th anniversary at the end of the month of the beginning of the Reformation, when Luther put his 95 theses on the door to say, we've lost our way and we need to re-examine ourselves and find a new path. Now, if I were to sum up a couple of basic elements about when people look at us and say, what are these Presbyterians? What are the things they believe? There were um, five essential points that came out that Luther wanted us to return to. Scripture alone. Faith alone, by grace alone, Christ alone, and glory to God alone. Now, these four, or at least the first three, the faith, the scripture, and the grace, it was a way of us understanding ourselves anew. But as our traditions, our heritage, what we celebrate here at Berea today, or First Presbyterian Church, or Oak Grove, or throughout the Presbyterian Church, and throughout Christendom, as good Christians, we trust that it is God alone who can sustain and redeem us. When we get into conflict with one another and we have disagreements, often it means we've lost our way, we sometimes ask ourselves, does this matter ascend to the majesty and glory of Christ, the Son of God, who sits at the Father's right hand? But today I'd have you consider the most beautiful and wonderful part of this tradition. Glory to God alone. What is glory? I would ask you, how do you define it here? When you think about we're ascribing glory to God, and quickly it might come to mind, it's in the music that we hear, it's the songs that we sing, it's the prayers that we live. We sometimes get caught up in it's the praise. But let me take you to a different view. Glory in and of itself, in a literal sense, means infinite beauty. It's a way of just stepping back for a moment and seeing the beauty and majesty that is God. If you got up before the sun rose this morning and you saw those first light rays breaking across the sky, you begin to perceive what is the glory of God. For me, in my yard in spring, when the first robin appears with that bright yellow beak, I perceive the glory of God. You hear a little cooing and eyeing from infants in our congregation. That's the glory of God, knowing that God has made a promise to us of life. But brothers and sisters, think bigger. Think bigger. Look to the heavens, and when you look up to the sun and the moon, 
any of the nerds among us, and I count myself as one, watching Cassini, this spacecraft that we're all very proud of, that went to Saturn and had this incredible mission. But the pictures that were taken and the images and information that came back, that there is a warm living ocean on one of Saturn's moons. And we look up in the heavens and see the majesty, the glory of God that breaks in for us. We look up in the heavens at night and we see galaxies of stars. The same psalmist we heard from today in our psalm, wrote in Psalm 19, heaven makes heard the glory of God and the firmament shows the work of his hands. A popular Christian song group, third day, God of wonders beyond our galaxy, you are holy, holy, and the universe declares your majesty, and you are holy Lord of heaven and earth. That's glory. That is the glory of God. And all that is beautiful, and all that is majestic, and all that is wonderful, and the miracles of everyday life, even in the smallest of things, that is what we come here and we gather here today. That is what we celebrate on this 100th centennial. Now, biblically, the original Berea, first church planted in Europe, uh, has an interesting tradition. Apparently, church tradition holds the first bishop of the Berea church in the Bible was Onesimus, the slave that Paul wrote about in the letter to Philemon. There's an irony there. A slave of this world, the lowest of humans, in a structured system, an oppressed human being, is lifted up to be the first servant of God in the community. You see, it was one of the strange things about the Christian community emerging in the time of Rome. It did not have state protections. They were persecuted and they suffered, and Berea was one of those churches. But the Romans would look at the Christians and they were amazed because they had a very stratified society. There was a slave caste, and then there was the peasantry class, and then there were the soldiers and the military, and then there were the senators and the governors. Everybody had a place and a purpose and a role, and you did not break at it. But they said, look at the Christians and how they loved one another. Slave or free, Jew or Gentile, male or female. Look how they love one another where the lowest is raised to the highest, where a slave becomes a bishop of the church. You see, that's what Paul's letter to the church in Philippi is about for us. Each one of us here today, we see in the example of Christ, not justification by our own means, Luther, Martin Luther wrote a lot about that, but that it's only by being in Christ that we are saved and delivered, that we are justified. The Greek word known to preachers so well, kenosis, that word that means emptying of self, emptying of self, pouring out all the power and majesty that we think we have as worldly citizens, that we would be filled in with the majesty, the beauty, and the glory of God. And that glory of God emanates from each one of you. 
in your faith and your trust. And when you give God that glory in response. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. We live in an age of discord. We live in an age of petty and trivial fighting. But we ask ourselves, does this ascend to the level of Christ who reigns in glory? We too often get ourselves in the way. Our ego, our pride, and we pastors are sometimes leading the pack. Paul graciously has extended on your behalf this invitation today. But the reason I first came to you, and it is a homecoming for me today, uh, one of our predecessors, Jack Sherman, 16 years ago, I was in a wilderness experience of my own life. I had left the church. I had not rejected God, please understand, but I was burned out. The petty trivialities and the constant bickering and fighting it had just caught up with me. And I left. And I said, I'm done. I was working with Jack, and he knew I was an ordained minister. And let me tell you, you folks at Berea, he would glow when he talked about you. He loved this church. And he, Jack came to me and said, Joe, I need you. I'm only a lay preacher when those labels we assign. I'm only a lay preacher, but I need somebody to do communion today or this coming Sunday. I said, sure, Jack. I mean, if only I had a friendship. And I came to be with you. And here in this church, and you're perfect, you say way out in the country, but I assure you, vital gospel and ministry is taking place here as it has done for 100 years. And you welcomed me. You welcomed my ministry in my broken, frail, and fragile state, my hurt and wounded presence. You extended to me the grace of God that together we would perceive the glory of what God was doing in this place. You see, that's your mission. That is your mission here and now. It's not that you're the largest church. It is not that you have the best of this or that. But that it is because you are here today, a hundred years, and I pray a hundred and a hundred more, because you're faithful and you're pointing people to the glory of God. Every soul that walks through that door, though it may be just one moment in time, you have the power to preach the gospel. You have the power to point to this Christ who has emptied himself on our behalf that we should be saved. Point 
children of God to God. Point the hurting and the frail and the broken and the sinner to the glory of God that exists in this place, for this is sacred ground. Even the smallest person can change the course of the future. My favorite author, J.R. Tolkien, even the smallest person, even the smallest church can change the course of humanity. David, the lowly shepherd boy, Joseph, the dreamer, sold into slavery by his brothers, Miriam, chasing her baby brother Moses down the banks of the Nile to see that he found a safe home. Mary, a 14-year-old girl, unmarried, told that she would bear the Christ child. This day, look to one another. Look upon your heritage when you go through, but also look to your future and point one another to the glory of God. And if you have any doubts, look up to the heavens and perceive the infinite beauty and the majesty of all creation and perceive the glory of God. And to God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Gracious God, we thank you for this day of celebration. And we pray that you who know us and you love us, you call us and you save us, we ask that you bless us with vision to see, faith to believe, courage to act. Now and forevermore be glory to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.